I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I was saying, you know, I like literally was moving from like 7.30 to like about 6.30-ish. Uh-huh. Like nonstop. And I was like, I'm so tired. And I got home and said like I wasn't going to do any work. I was just going to relax for a bit. And, you know, that turned an hour turned into two. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, let me get up and get ready because I started, you know, pretty much everything yesterday. I've been trying to kind of get a lot of things done the day before so that I, I'm not rushing and whatever because Thursdays mm-hmm. usually, you know, run away from me. Mm-hmm. As so, so yeah, so, and I was complaining about being busy and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to complain about being busy. It's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not gonna complain about it. So okay, fair enough. Yeah, but I'm exhausted as hell. So um, uh. <laughs> yeah, not gonna complain, but real, not gonna real complain, tired. But I sure am tired. I sure sure is tired. tired. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, help me. That wasn't a complaint, but uh, that was just a statement of fact. Just just like stating facts. No. Not putting anything on tightness. Just saying. Just, yeah. Okay. Just facts. Just facts. Just Point facts. to the lies. Point to the lies. Point to the lies. <laughs> That's hysterical. I think I just knocked something over. You knocked something over? Oh, yeah. What is, what is that sound? It sounds like a cat. Purring. It's not a cat. Like a rrr, rrr. Yeah. That's me moving around. Oh, interesting sound that you make when you move around. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. No. <laughs> oh, Lord. No. Oh, my gosh. Hello. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, um, I overindulged a little in my... Uh, eating of dinner I like um I stopped at um I had dinner pretty much set for every day this week um Mm -hmm. but I didn't make enough of my um pork so I knew that I had to stop on the way home to pick something up for tonight and then tomorrow I can just start over in terms of cooking um just chipotle because uh, again, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to keep it healthy and not make, you know, fast food runs. Honestly, at this point, I feel like if I had, like, if I randomly had some fast food, I think my stomach would not be pleased because it's been getting all sorts of like lean protein and smoothies, you know, like spinach smoothies and 
you know, like lots of like clean eating. So I think that my stomach would be very um, displeased with me if I like all of a sudden down like some fries and a burger. Um, and, uh, speaking of, I had the most amazing burger and fries. Oddly enough, it's Steak and Shake. I was like, I've never, I've never had... been to Steak and Shake. Yeah, I've only been to Steak and Shake a couple of times. But I was passing by one. I was like, I'm starving. So I was like, this is better than McDonald's. And um, But I was like, I want a burger, which I never want a burger. So I was like, yes. Yeah, you never want a burger. And it was delicious. They had these, like, shoestring fries that were, like, Mm. cooked, like, perfectly. And a real good Coke. Because sometimes you get a fountain Coke and they're not good. That's the worst. Great fountain coke and i was like all right steak and shake good job good job you know who always has consistently good uh, you probably already know this fact um who always has good coke coca-cola you know who has the best of the best i do but do you yes the world of (laughs) coca-cola oh well (laughs) not some place that you can only go in Atlanta. Oh, I thought that you were telling a joke. You're like, you know who has really good Coke? Coke. And I was like, really, Andrea? Like that? No. I thought you were. I thought that was your joke. That's why I was trying to one up you with a corny joke. Okay. Well, never mind. Edit that out too. Okay. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be just like, all right, right. bye. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. See you later. See you next week. Uh, <laughs> no, I, the answer no, uh, McDonald's not out here. Oh, see, I don't know what your McDonald's out there are doing, but McDonald's franchises are all supposed to follow the very regulated way in which Coca Cola um, is like issues for the their drinks to be dispensed and. They actually have um, a special, like McDonald's are all supposed to have like this special water filter system that goes with the concentrated, um, you know, Coke that they get. They're supposed to have like all their machines like pressurized correctly so that like the pressure and the fizzy fizzy is exactly right. And it's it's the reason why McDonald's straws, you know, have you ever noticed how McDonald's straws are wider? Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be for the better enjoyment and the full Coca-Cola. flavor of Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, out here um, where people are very uh, la-zay-da. Uh, <laughs> they, um, la-zay-da. It's a joke from, like, this TV show I watched. Okay. <laughs> Like, I didn't that even is, say it. That is not um, a thing. Yeah. Got it. So, Lazy Da, you know, they, you know, I've had many a flat Coke. Um, oh. Even at places where, like, the common thing now is to do the Coca Cola freestyle machine. Oh, sure. So, yeah, I was just like, no, 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 no. So, a lot mm-hmm. of times out here, I end up getting, um, I can't remember what they call it, but a half sweet tea, half unsweetened tea. Mm. They do have good sweet tea. But again, yeah. I'm surprised that the, I would think that in, of all places that the McDonald's in Atla- McDonald's is in Atlanta. Really? <laughs> yes, uh, really. Um, would it be, you know, because you have both right. the center of like the Coke universe and 
McDonald's. Yeah, but not always. Just because hmm. you know, I mean, I just are. Well, yeah. I guess yeah. Fast food workers here. I I would think you know fast work food workers in L.A. are slipping. People here do just the craziest, craziest thing. I was like, okay, I need you to care just an iota more. It's uh-huh. always people who don't care at all or just like in the back. No one's hello, hello. Can you someone please take orders to the Chick Fil A <laughs> standard of service? So you can always tell if some, you go to a fast food place and they've worked at Chick Fil A. You can always tell. Mm, it's like, oh, interesting. you used to work at Chick Fil A because you are like my pleasure. Blah 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 blah. Okay, okay. And I was like, yeah, me, this this is not McDonald's friend. This is something. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Oh, Chick-fil-A. I think next time you come out here, we have to go to, like, the Dwarf House. I don't think we've done that yet, have we? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, it's kind of like the first kind of Chick-fil-A. There are these Dwarf Houses. And so you go and they have, um, like, all kinds of food. So it's mm-hmm. like they'll have like green beans and black eyed peas and macaroni and cheese. Like, mm. and so it's where the first, well, there are dwarf houses everywhere now, but you can go to the original Chick fil A and it's in Hapeville, oh. not far from the airport. And they have everything. And then, you know, he has like different things. So there's a Truett's Grill, like kind of like passed by okay. my way to, um, Warner Robins, and they have like little hand pies, and they have a sweet potato one that is just <sighs> so good. Mm. So yeah, so it's like a sit-down restaurant. It's kind of like a '50s kind of restaurant. Oh, I love. And there's apparently someone. I was like, we need to. Me and the fella need to try to figure out how to get this going. Probably the girls would want to go too. Vanessa, that's not, you know, want to go. Um, there's a Chick Fil A that has an all-you-can-eat buffet, like somewhere here. Shut up. Yeah, girl. Girl. Girl, I'm just saying. That's the last thing I need in my life is an all-you-can-eat <laughs> Chick-fil-A buffet. I think I want to say it's breakfast, though, and not just... I think it might just be breakfast. But even still, like, all those little chicken... Um, yeah, and the biscuits Mm-mm. and the sausage... The but, biscuits oh, yeah. alone, their biscuits are really good. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. Good. So, yeah, so I was like, yeah, I saw that once and just kind of put it out my mind. And I was like, I don't need to research anymore into this. But yeah, Chick Fil A. Hmm. Anyway, okay, we went through it down and mm, you know, yeah, rabbit down a rabbit hole. But fast food and yes, but like yeah. So what I was saying was just that you know I had Chipotle and I always do this with Chipotle. I don't know why, but like I can't stop. Like I can't. Like I know that I'm full. But I'm like, oh, just one more little bite. Like, you know, and I don't know if it's because it's like kind of healthy. You know, I get the brown rice and I don't get any like, you know, I get the lots of lettuce. So it's kind of like a big salad, really. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's just because like, oh, it's just one more bite or whatever. And then I'm yeah. always like, um, like our friend Morgan, I'm like, oh, I'm too full. It's right here. I can feel it all the way up here. So, so much. I ate too much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Because you usually do pretty good. I think about like putting aside some of your Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Not Chick-fil-A. See, I'm Chick-fil-A on my mind. Girl, Chick-fil-A. you are ch- <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. Am. And I mean, I did put it. I have like a whole more than half of a container. I think that's the other thing, though. Because I've been eating very well and really watching my portion sizes. I actually 
I put away more Chick. Uh, more girl, you got me saying Chick Fil A. Lord, help me. Um, I don't want one of them cookies, but I'm like, no, Lord, no, no, no Lord, no. Yeah, Jesus. and then oh, like I went to a Girl Scout <laughs> meeting for my um, placement, and they gave us Girl Scout cookies. So I have like a whole box of Girl Scout cookies that I have been like much, 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 much on. The small yeah, ones, they're really good. Yeah, see, I took all my extra Girl Scout cookies because I had plenty because, you know, um, Tanisha's daughter sells them. And so I sold a bunch for her. I bought a bunch. And then I just took them to my – like, I literally started – because I had a bunch of boxes of Girl Scout cookies. And, again, I'm always like, why did I buy so many? I am the only person in this house. Mm -hmm. I have no – business eating all of these cookies and so i um, those girls are shrewd business they're shrewd business women and so um i you know of course i froze my thin mints like i like to do but then i took every like i would take one box actually i took all the boxes to work just to get them all out of my house Mm -hmm. and i stored them in the cut my little like cupboard at work Mm -hmm. and then i would put one out on our little communal table and when they, when the group, like all my coworkers would finish eating that one, I'd throw the empty box away and I'd take another one out of my cupboard. And it's like here, she's a cookie elf. Oh my God, I was totally a cookie elf, a cookie pusher. I was just mm-hmm. like, y'all go eat these cookies. And they sure did. They went through all my boxes. So I don't have any Girl Scout cookies left. Um, yeah. So, but because th- they're terrible. I can't, I can't have, that's like, I, that's one thing that I'm you actually can't have pretty just good at. One, like you I can't have just one. Much, yeah, you can't much, just have them in the much. house. No. Yeah, that's why yeah, I don't keep stuff at the house. Gone. So I was like, yeah, this this wasn't a good idea. I was like, oh, there's nothing sweet here. Oh, cookies, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, bad, bad, bad. See, and so I just keep the ones that are not, you know, that are like the least fat, the thin mints. Keep them frozen in the freezer. And then I literally, those will last me till next Girl Scout cookie season because I only eat like one or two of those at a time and very sparingly. They're really so. rich. That's why I was like, like those yeah. Samoas, they're so like rich. I can't eat. But you know, you know oh, which no, ones I like. I like the old people cookie. What, the shortbread? Yeah, that's my favorite. So like you could just pop those. Cause, yeah, you know, those are almost like sweet. potato chips. Yeah, yeah, they're not too sweet. They're like perfect. So I was just like, oh, of course. But yeah, all the rest of them, I can't eat very many of them. I might have one. And I was like, it's too much stuff. Uh, it's too much stuff for me. I just want simple. But yeah, mm-hmm. so okay, we've talked about fast food and all the Chick-fil-A <laughs> all the cookies, all the different Girl Scout cookies and cookies. Oh, cookies. Yeah, I just really want that Chick-fil-A cookie. I think that's what it is. It's been on my mind. And I was like, I am not, I've gone through the drive through to get one cookie before. Been on my mind. Yeah, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. What are you singing? That little song. That little song. Oh my goodness, I can't think of, I think I've got the lyrics wrong. I think I'm thinking of a different song. There's some song that's like, been on my mind and like, come on over or something like that. Oh, I <laughs> promise you, I don't know. So yeah, okay, enough chit-chat. But over. Oh, the fellow was like, don't you got to go home? Don't you have a speech to do? Tomorrow. Not a speech. And I was like, a speech? What are you Are you in class? speech class? Okay, I was looking at me. I was like, speech? What's speech? What are you talking about? Because I was like, did I have a presentation? Like, you're secretly a taking presentation? you're secretly taking a speech class. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, your speech. Don't you have a speech? And I was like, no. He's like, your podcast. I was like, that's not a speech. What are you talking about? 
Wow, it's so not a speech. Yeah, but I just talked to who is it? Um, the bestie and him about because he doesn't listen to the podcast. And of not. yeah, the bestie, you know, she does listen to it, and she's like, "Well, I guess because like, I, I listen to you all the time." And I was like, "Right." She's like, "Does he listen to it?" I was like, "Oh my god, no! He thinks like he doesn't understand like how anybody can have this much to say about anything. Like he's kind of he's pretty quiet." And so, yeah, so he doesn't understand that. I was like, and he has to listen to me talk like you all the time. So not interested. <laughs> not interested. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. A third, you know, like another option for me to just like drone on incessantly. So, yeah, <laughs> this is for wow. people who don't have the pleasure. Wow. The pleasure. <laughs> the pleasure of hearing us on a daily basis. Wow. <laughs> Go on and on about important things as well as nonsense, and with the same level of energy, energy and enthusiasm, and enthusiasm, 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 enthusiasm. <laughs> oh Jesus! Again, we're just having a phone conversation. No one else is listening to this. No one else is listening to this. Oh, good fellas, such a good movie. Good fellas was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Godfather, good movie. What's not oh. a good movie? Scarface. You know what? I only saw Scarface when I was a. Were you a little girl? Did you hear Were you like five years old watching Scarface? I probably yes, was. Okay, yes. No, because my parents, I tell you, my parents were totally bananas. And so, okay. Um, so again, rabbit hole. But so my dad was, you know, basically like a member of the foreign press. And so he would get invited to movie screenings. And that's all my introduction to film my entire life up through probably up to high school, really, was um, not going to like a regular movie theater, but going to studios to see screenings mm-hmm. um, with my dad and my mom. And, you know, um, and they also had um, this friend of the family's um who um, who was also a member of the foreign press, and so she would all often come with us as well, and um, and again, like I was, I am the youngest of um, the kids in my family, and so I was the only one at home because I'm also the youngest by nine and ten years. So you know, um, my sister and my brother are pretty much out of the house, you know, uh, most of my life, and so um, and um, at least, you know, at least once I got to school age or whatever. Anyway, so there was no, like, oftentimes there was no, like, built-in babysitter. And my parents, <laughs> being the absolute, like, paranoid, um, like, total. It was, like, the 80s, of course. Right. But my Stranger parents were, like, danger. yeah, stranger danger. And my parents were also, are just also naturally suspicious, were naturally suspicious, naturally like paranoid people. Mm-hmm. So you were, they weren't just going to leave me with somebody because I would be, you know, raped and mutilated or whatever. And so, um, oh, boy. so the better thing to do was just bring me with them. I would, I would go to them with them to every movie pretty much. It didn't matter if it was, r-rated it didn't matter if it was violent it didn't matter if it was racy (laughs) like and and my dad's like big plan both of their plans i guess but my dad would institute it because i was always sitting next to him at the movie theater um in these screening rooms was you know 
um, to cover, you know, cover my eyes when something bad or something inappropriate was happening on the screen. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time in Hollywood screening rooms with my eyes covered. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, so, you know. And I'm sure Scarface was one of those movies. Like, I remember them taking me to see The Yellow Rose of Texas, which is a super racy movie. Okay, I'm thinking of like Little Whorehouse in Texas, so that's not... That too, I remember going to see that. Okay. Because I I specifically remember being like, Daddy, what's a whorehouse? You know, so like... (laughs) The best little whorehouse in Texas. I was like, what does that mean? Um, So yeah, so this (laughs) this is how I grew up, was just being exposed to all sorts of like film of any sort and so yeah like I, I really do think the only time I ever saw Scarface which was almost like basically not seeing it because again I was behind my father mm-hmm. the, palm, the palm of my father's hand um was um when however old I was when it was screened in um the screening room that we watched it at at whatever Paramount Studios or 20th Century Fox or mm-hmm. wherever it was that we were um when we went to go see it Okay, wow. I was mm-hmm. a full grown adult. <laughs> as and, well you should be. <laughs> right. As well when you should be. I saw that movie and it was because someone I was dating said that that was his favorite movie and oh, I wow. had to see it. And, you know, because I was like, Godfather is my favorite movie. And I was yes. like, and he was like, uh, oh, Scott, Scarface is amazing. It's my favorite movie. You haven't seen it. I can't believe you haven't seen it. And so it was like, a screening of Scarface and I sat there and I was like, I cannot believe this is horrible. <laughs> it's the I'm most like, violent film. Al Pacino playing like some Cuban what is happening right now? I don't understand. What what is this? It's so what awful. Is this garbage. So yeah, I was like, I don't understand. Love Al Pacino, but this is garbage. How can you be in something so wonderful and then something so horrible? So, yes, boo, Scarface. Mm-hmm. Me and my, I need to have, like, unpopular opinion corner. Although I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I don't know that that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah. I think people, I, I think people, I don't know. To me, Scarface now falls into this sort of category of, like, the campy Camp, 80s film. Yeah. You know, so, um, and it is Al Pacino, so you kind of just have to be like, and it's Al Pacino, but like, and like you Michelle know. Pfeiffer, like so right. actors, but you're right. like, this is horrible. Yeah. So yeah, okay, that's so crazy. Okay, so insane. Yep. So that's my exposure to Scarface. So all that to say, I have like recollections of it, but not really. Okay. Yeah. No. No. No need. No need at all. No need. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. What's okay. going on in the world? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Okay. Um, oh, by the way, this is uh, I'm Andrea. Well, I'm the other one. I'm Kristen. <laughs> She's definitely the other one. And this is Wait. Tell me everything, which we've already apparently done for like the first which we've minutes, uh, we've already included. started to do. We're so engaged about telling you everything that we just get right into it. And again, we forget sometimes that you're there and just proceed with our regular kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. So, so, but yeah. we're, we appreciate. Don't take that as lack of appreciation. We like mm. that you're there. Oh yes, we want more of you to be there, but not yeah, too many. Not too many, but bring a friend. Yeah, bring a friend. That's what I would say. Like, sometimes when I, like, tag our posts, 
I could do like a lot more tagging to get more a lot more traffic, but I was like, okay, I want us to get more listeners, but not that many listeners because I don't <laughs> want. I think what I'm saying, like, I don't want like crazy people saying stuff. I'm like, you know, I don't want it to get too like. Cause like I have a friend who does a podcast, and it's only his friends. Like those, mm-hmm. are the only, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't want anybody else." Like, just just my friends know about it. I was like, That's- <laughs> <laughs> "I don't." Yeah, I just don't. I don't want it to need managing. It needs yeah. to stay under the level where management is necessary. Yeah, because neither you nor n- neither you nor I have time to manage. No, anything. Absolutely not. I I am barely managing my life. <laughs> I I when I say barely, um, I mean barely, and my career and all. Yeah, I just can't take mm-hmm. on any other third thing. So mm-hmm. again, like I was like, this is not a real thing because I was thinking today when I was setting up my equipment, I was like, I have invested approximately thirty dollars. <laughs> I think Less I'm, than thirty dollars, give or take. Yeah, probably. I, to, yeah, I think I've invested only yeah maybe fifty or so because we did the we paid for the logo and the music. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So okay, yeah. So a little bit more. But I was just thinking of my actual equipment, like my cheap phones oh, yeah. and my little thing to plug in the um, phone that right. I got from the Apple Store, like. That was actually less than forty dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then yeah, the logo and the theme music and yeah, we're golden. We're golden. So I was like, yeah, this, this life is life it's golden. Life it's golden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, did Jill Scott do all that? <laughs> I, I think she did. I didn't do Jill Scott music in my life. Yeah, come on, Jilly. Jilly, Jilly from, from Philly. Philly. <laughs> Hear our cry because I still like because after the whole uh, Robert Glasper song, I went into like the Jill Scott song and I just kind of went into a Jill Scott like whole you know of music. So I was just like, oh, Jill Scott, yeah, music, please, thank you. Okay, please and thank you. Please and thank y'all. Okay, so your story. Okay, I have two stories for newsworthy, and we're gonna start with the um. Well, they're both problematic, but. We're going to start with the more severely problematic one. Okay. All right. So this, both of them are actually from the Washington Post. This one is by Sally Jenkins, columnist at the Washington Post, dated mm. August 21st. And the headline is, Prehistoric college football coaches are killing players. It's past time to stop them. Mm-hmm. So this is the terrible... Um, um, story and the editorial on the death of Jordan McNair, um, who died of heat stroke. Um, but as the uh, this article opens, she says, um, she writes, heat stroke didn't kill Jordan McNair, the berserk excesses of coach DJ Durkin and his staff did. No amount of quote unquote honoring McNair can pretty up that fact. The investigation into what Maryland did wrong after McNair collapsed is misplaced. It's what came first, the deranged college coaching mentality that drove McNair to the staggering point that requires full inquiry and no one should be allowed to forget it. So this Mm -hmm. is um, really sad. Um, Yeah. 
this um, this kid and and how he died um, during practice, which is another major issue here. Um, so what it uh, she goes on to explain is that um, an NFL player hasn't died from heat exertion in 17 years. That's the full measure of the crude knuckle dragging stupidity at work here. You know how many kids. Uh, how many kids NCAA football coaches have killed with conditioning drills in that same period? 27. Which is staggering. staggering. It's a staggering amount. Because this is an article I I saw already. So I saw that number Mm -hmm. and I was just floored. I was like, how have we let 27 young people die from the program from these programs around the country and no one's doing anything to interfere. How did it get to that level? Like, that's insane. I remember one summer, it was like, it was like, I don't want to say, like, make light of it, but it was like, there were like multiple children, like around high school, high school through Hmm. college who had passed away during these um, practices or whatever. And so I was just like, this is just, no, like, (laughs) Yeah, so 27. Um, And so she goes on to say, um, and I say kill because that's what it is when tyrants force captive young men to run themselves to death out of their own outdated fears of weakness. Why is the NCAA tolerating this kill rate, which is unmatched at any other level of football? She goes on to say that uh, professional coaches have understood since the lamentable loss of Minnesota Vikings offensive lineman Corey Stringer back in 2001, mm-hmm. that you build a player by driving him, you do not build a player by driving him to the brink of organ failure in practice. Only the most backward or mean coach still thinks that summer sprints are the only way to quote-unquote breed toughness. Everyone else has learned better. Everyone but lunatic, overstriving NCAA wannabes who are in such a big hurry to prove themselves big dogs. The Pete Carrolls and the Bill Belichicks aren't putting their players in the ground. They're putting them in virtual reality chambers. Mm. Only the NCAA tolerates and refuses to regulate unhinged dictators who think football has to be conditioned with sadistic extremes. Um, And then there's an interview or um, some questioning with um, um, Douglas Casa, who's a kinesiologist and serves as the CEO of the Corey Stringer Institute at the University of Connecticut. And he says, um, they, meaning um, the NCAA or in these coaches, they get to dictate these things and we get to keep burying athletes until we make definitive changes to the culture. Mm. Um, so, Looking at statistics from uh, uh, since 2000, there have been 40 athlete fatalities in conditioning sessions in multiple sports across the NCAA, yet not a single death on the field, according to CASA. This, despite the fact that schools have all the uh, education and tools to prevent it. Heat stroke exertion is 100% survivable with a thermometer and some ice. The NFL has eliminated it altogether and it, and to its credit continues to consult with the Stringer Institute on research and best practices to prevent sudden deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says it, but in the meantime, the NCAA has remained lethally antiquated antiquated unlike nfl players collegians have quote no voice and no rights according to casa which is such a which is crazy because it seems like in a collegiate environment where a 
a person is a student, that they would be more protected, not less, than in a professional setting. But you're like thinking like they're these are kids who are some of them are probably on scholarships. You sure. know, they're out on their own for the first time, pro- possibly. They just want to earn their spot and do what they have to do. They're listening to their coach. You know, this coach may have the reputation of, um, you know, helping so many people mm-hmm. get to the NFL and achieve their dream. They don't want to do anything to rock their boat. It's like it's an issue of like someone having like, you know, authority over you. Like they're That's kids. As right. Adult, whereas you're a multimillionaire who, you know, like who has quite a bit of an ego and like there's only so much you're going to take from this other man. You know what I mean? So it's just a right. totally different I think no, it dynamic. is a different dynamic yeah. for sure in terms of the power structure. But again, yeah. it seems like there, because of that, even there should be an additional layer of protection for the kids on the field, like somebody who isn't on the coach's side. You know, like someone who's yeah. independent of all of this, who's watching on, and yeah, it depends you know. on the structure of the school. Some of these big sure. schools that are you know have major programs. Like the coaches, yeah, the coaches run. They're the power structure. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they're like they're bringing in the money. They're bringing in the money, and so the powers that you know, the people who are in charge, presidents and deans, all that, they're Mm -hmm. bowing to them because they're bringing in the money and they want to keep them happy. So yeah, so they they kind of do what they want to do. Like you know, that's that common like stereotype that you see in Mm -hmm. like. Mm-hmm. college movies of mm-hmm. the college coach telling the nerdy president to shut up you know like not you know that's exaggeration right. but it that comes from somewhere i think yeah but, no know, it they're, does. they're 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 bringing in the money they're raising mm-hmm. funds so they're the power they are the power so who's gonna who's gonna choose checking them like there's no one checking right them. and that's that's the issue that's and the, the ncaa issue. is not it's totally hands off so mm-hmm. this is um the details of what McNair was forced to do is uh, chilling. Mm. It says um, McNair was forced to run 10 sprints of 110 yards until his body temperature was at least 106 degrees. It was a nonsensical workout that had zero football relevance and demonstrated nothing about his character except that he was willing to work himself into a coma for fear of punishment from an all-powerful authority figure. Mm. Casa says it's a totally unregulated environment. Um, And then, um, so there's a few more quotes from just other um, people, uh, other trainers from other places, um, you know, saying the same thing. Um, And um, um, Scott Anderson from um, University of Oklahoma uh, wrote a uh, paper called NCAA Football Offseason Training Unanswered Prayers. Mm -hmm. And he wrote... Collegiate football's dirty little secret is that we are killing our players, not in competition, almost never in practice, practice, and rarely because of trauma, but primarily because of non-traumatic causes in the off-season alleged to enhance performance. He cites the example of a player who died from exertion-induced asthma after being forced to run 2,160 yards of serial sprints in 12 minutes that's a one-to-one work to rest ratio okay (laughs) okay okay you know i am not a football fan and people always say that i'm crazy because i was like it's so slow to me because like they keep stopping and setting up a play 
run a few yards, stop, have to set up a play. So when are they ever doing this in an NFL game? Where well, they that's have what to they run? say. That's the next part. He's saying that, like, first of all, there's rarely, there's basically <laughs> no sport where there's a one-to-one work-to-rest ratio. For the most part, most sports, you know, are quick spurts and then, you know, some kind of, like, in-between or whatever. Yeah. And um, and he says, you know, so um, the writer of this, the, uh, this article is saying, you know what the work-to-rest ratio is in an actual football game? Somewhere between one to eight and one to ten. Believe that again. What I'm saying, crazy. Yeah. So even and it, it even in a hurry up offense, um, it's one to four on average. So it's never one to one. It's com- again, this is completely useless. And this kid died from um, from asthma. Um, Stop killing these children just to prove that you have a hard program or that your program is superior. Just cut right. it out. Like stop. Like what? What is? People are horrible. It's just really sad. And um, the coaches, um, she says, coaches conduct these workouts for only one reason, because they have antiquated notions of man-making, are completely unread in the latest sports science. Um, Mesozoic notions die hard. Obviously, the medical fate of other people's sons should not be in their hands. And yet, there are few NCAA rules governing conditioning workouts or none mandating independent medical care for student athletes. Um, Maryland President Wallace D. Lowe declined to implement just such a proposal. So McNair was left to lurch and pant into the hands of athletic department employees who answer not to a medical center, but to a hopped up impatient for success coach. If McNair had independent care, someone would have taken his temperature iced him down, and he would be alive. Instead, what he got was a trainer screaming, quote, drag his ass across the field. Um, and that's in quotes. So if mm. that, that is just painful to even um, imagine. Um, so she says the heat didn't kill McNair any more than the grass did. What killed him was an overheated attitude that came straight from the top. Durkin is not an outlier as a coach, and he's not specific to Maryland. Far from it. He's an acolyte of Ohio State's Urban Meyer. He has coached at Notre Dame, Stanford, Florida, and Michigan. He has worked under Will Muschamp and Jim Harbaugh. He has been everywhere. He is the all-too-common NCAA coach. You've seen and heard coaches like Durkin a million times. He's the guy who brags he's only seen one movie in the past eight or ten years, and that's Lone Survivor. He's the guy who once head-butted one of his helmeted players and made his own head bleed. He's the guy who boasted in an interview to Sports Illustrated that Richard Sherman wasn't that tough until he got a hold of him, who bragged in that same interview that he has sat in meetings in which coaches decided whether a kid was a player or, quote, a phony, a fraud, total piece of garbage, end quote. He's the guy who divides players into two groups, wolf pack or prey, and who has said, quote, when we're with our players, we're at a workout with our guys. That is all in. We're fighting for our lives. No, you're this not. Guy- you're playing a game. Yeah, exactly. This guy mm-hmm. and all the guys like him need to be prevented from ever jeopardizing young lives again. Absolutely. So it's just, I mean, it's And, you know, and you think of, like, everything that kids, you know, these players especially go through, um, 
getting to the level where they are brought in by an NCAA team and everything that's attached to that. And, you know, to have to get there and have something this tragic um, happen um, to your kid, you know, that you've. Yeah, these poor parents. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine um, the family of of Jordan. Um, It's just, yeah, it's just awful. So, so that's the story um, out of um, the NCAA. Um, so, something's got to change. I would, I, and I, I, I still can't believe that number twenty-seven mm. is. That's ridiculous. Just terrible. All right, next story. Um, also out of the Washington Post mm. by Rick. Noak, um, uh, with contributions from Felicia Sonmez and Sungmin Kim. This is also from August 21st. And the title is, the headline is, 95-year-old Nazi guard living in the U.S. deported to Germany as prosecutions for Holocaust crimes surge. Mm. Have you heard about this? Like, vaguely. I just didn't read it um it's very interesting so um i um actually heard about it on another podcast that i listened to and then i looked up the story um today to just read it in full and it's actually pretty pretty interesting so um it's um out of ludwigsburg germany it says uh before allied forces liberated nazi germany and the survivors of adolf hitler's labor and death camps more than 70 years ago tens of thousands of nazis who were directly involved in the holocaust disappeared some escaped abroad others hid in german cities moving into houses with people they would have sent to their deaths under the hitler regime few of them faced justice until now Perhaps. At least 23 alleged Nazi criminals who are believed to have worked in death camps were already facing charges in Germany and Austria by June, marking a dramatic increase compared with previous decades. On Tuesday, the White House announced that it had deported 95-year-old Jacques Palish. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, Jacques is spelled J-A-K-I-W. Anyway, who cares how to pronounce? Don't be respectful to a Nazi. Like you don't have to say his (laughs) name correctly. Screw this guy. Screw this guy. Okay. You're 95. You're horrible. You have to live. You got to live a great life. He did. He did. Um, He's the last known alleged former Nazi labor camp guard living in the U.S. Palige is not facing charges, but prosecutors said that they were looking for more evidence that would justify criminal proceedings. So this is so it gets kind of crazy. The resident, he was a resident of Queens, the Queensboro of New York. Seriously, in Queensboro, Nazi in Queens, a Nazi in Queens. Jesus. Okay. (laughs) He was arrested Monday, deported to Germany early Tuesday, according to the U.S. Embassy in Berlin. Palige was moved to a nursing home upon arrival in the city of Dusseldorf, Germany's uh, Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung newspaper reported. In a statement, U.S. officials indicated that the deportation was the result of negotiations by President Trump and his team and collaborative efforts with a key European ally, Germany. 
Polish was born in what today constitutes Ukraine, but was part of Poland at the time. After the end of World War II, he left Europe for the U.S., where he became a citizen in 1957 by Mm. hiding his Nazi past. But 17 years ago, in 2001, Polish admitted his involvement with the Nazi SS, Hitler's feared paramilitary organization. Polish admitted to U.S. officials in 2001 that he was trained at the SS paramilitary camp in the town of Troniki, where units were specifically prepared to participate in the Holocaust. The now 95-year-old also worked at Troniki's labor camp the same year the Nazis massacred 6,000 Jews there. Palij has maintained that he did not participate in any killings, and German prosecutors currently believe that it is impossible to prove his involvement. Palij's deportation appears to have been the result of the pressure by the Trump administration rather than by German authorities. U.S. officials took away Polish's citizenship in 2003, and the former Nazi guard lost an appeals process two years later. But administrative challenges dragged on until now because it was unclear to which country Polish should be deported. Mm-hmm. American courts were unable to charge Polish because these alleged crimes occurred abroad. And all three European countries where prosecutors would have more jurisdiction, and those are Germany, Ukraine, and Poland, refused to accept the former guard. U.S. Ambassador to Germany Richard (laughs) Grinnell indicates in a briefing call on Tuesday that Trump had taken a personal interest in Polish's case, which likely made the difference. Uh, The ambassador says, I don't know how he learned of the case, but it was very clear that he knew this individual as a Nazi guard and wanted him out of the United States. Then in an interview with Fox News, Fox News's Fox and Friends um, on Wednesday, Trump said he took action after previous presidents had not. Um, So Trump is quoted in this interview as saying, (laughs) you know, I just wish he would let it lie. Because it's good just as it is, like, good good that you did this. But then he has to, like, narrate it, and he makes it, he makes it him. He says, I have a lot of Jewish friends who said to me about this man living in Queens. I grew up in Queens, the president said. And he was a man that, not just a prison guard, he was a prison guard that supervised the killing of many, many Jews. Many, many Jews. And he's lived here for decades. From the beginning of the campaign, they tell me about this Nazi who lived in Queens, who walks the street like he owns the place. Now he's an old man. He's 95 years old. And the Obama administration was unable to pull it off. And frankly, the Bush administration was unable to pull it off. And I was able to pull it off. So that's his quote. Grinnell Grinnell on Tuesday said he brought the issue up in a number of recent meetings with German officials. The president asked me to do this. He says they could tell we were making it a priority. The Germans, quote, saw this as a moral obligation that they had, not so much a legal obligation, Mm -hmm. Grinnell said, referring to the fact that Polish was no longer a German citizen. Uh, In Germany, or he was never a German citizen, technically. In Germany, Polish's case will be handled by the country's Nazi crimes authority, 
Um, but this is also interesting, this, this mm -hmm. uh, collective that they have. Um, it's based in the city of Ludwigsburg, again, where officials on Tuesday said that the likelihood of a trial against police was low. The agency is currently focusing at a number of cases that are more likely to result in a trial. All of the agency's suspects are in their 90s, and some are likely to die ahead of any sentencing or could be declared unfit to stand trial. More than 70 years on, there is little time to be lost. It could be the last chance for Nazi criminals to face justice for crimes that continue to represent the worst of mankind. How many more individuals will be charged largely depends on Jens Rommel, Germany's sixth chief prosecutor for Nazi crimes. He's quoted as saying in an interview in June, all of my five predecessors assumed that they'd be the last in this office. In recent years, though, we made some remarkable progress. And it says, it goes on to explain, there was little reason for such enthusiasm only a few years ago after German prosecutors for decades faced hurdles that made it impossible to charge a wide range of suspects despite evidence of their Nazi past. By 1960, Murder and abetting murder were the only Nazi-era crimes that prosecutors could charge, says a senior historian for the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, Elizabeth Barry White. Hmm. An aside, do you think her name is Elizabeth Barry White, like Barry was her maiden name and she tagged on White? Or did her parents just like name Call her, her Elizabeth, Elizabeth Barry. Barry White <laughs> because they really like Barry White? <laughs> I'm thinking it's a hyphenated name. I don't know. Lord, go on. Don't get stuck on silly things. Okay, so Serious. it's a question. It's an aside. All right. We're talking Moving about back. Nazis here. Stop laughing. Uh, hey, Not Gomer Pyle. What's the name of that one? The Gomer Pyle. No, there was like an old show that was about like Nazis, but it was like a comedy. It's like Nazis aren't funny. Anyway, go on. <laughs> High-ranking Nazi officers were often charged with lesser offenses only because their direct responsibility for the killing of one or more individuals could not be proved based on the narrow German jurisdiction. In many cases, lower-ranking guards or soldiers, such as police, were not even prosecuted at all. Um, but White goes on to explain, as time passed and higher-ranking perpetrators died out, the pool of potential defendants shrank to those against whom evidence was hardest to find. Before 2011, prosecutors needed to provide evidence that guards had themselves murdered Jews or other Nazi opponents. But that all changed into, um, with the case against uh, when the court convicted former Nazi guard John Demjanjuk. Demjanjuk, the Demjanjuk verdict was based on a dramatically different approach. His mere presence at the Nazi death camp was sufficient to establish responsibility for the killing. Mm. Demjanjuk later appealed the sentence but died before a court could evaluate his claims. The new legal framework's viability was proved only two years ago when another former guard lost his appeal following a similar sentence. At the time, many feared that it may also have been the last. And while the verdict may have led to the sentencing of hundreds more guards if it had come years earlier, the recent increase in investigations has led to new optimism among Germany's Nazi prosecutors. 
again, according to Chief Prosecutor Rommel, um, who um, sitting in his Ludwigsburg office filled with books about the Nuremberg trials and a map of World War II era Germany. Rommel and his colleagues mainly rely on documents found in archives or in memorial sites of former death camps. The unit's eight investigators then painstakingly compare the entries found in equipment lists or in sick lists to establish a suspect's identity. Once they've found a possible match, Ramel's team checks whether the individual could still be alive. And he says in 95% of the cases, this isn't the case. Um, And then it goes on to say that in the agency's basement, tens of thousands of paper documents are stored that include details on convicts or clues that may eventually provide the identities of more suspects. It's the world's most comprehensive database of Nazi criminals. But because German authorities assumed that active cases were going to drop, the archives were never digitalized. The agency's bureaucratic paper trail isn't the only challenge. Cases are also slowed because the Ludwigsburg-based Nazi Crimes Agency handles only early-stage investigations that are later taken over by local prosecutors. So White explains, It takes time for prosecutors to review and understand the evidence. Given the age of the suspects, their capacity to stand trial can change very quickly so that a once promising case can overnight become impossible to prosecute. Um, So it closes out by just saying investigators aren't sure how long they will be able to continue this work because of the advanced age of the identified suspects. Walking through his agency's headquarters, surrounded by thousands of files with details on the Nazi criminals he and his predecessors hunted, Rommel acknowledged that the job had taken a personal toll on the investigators, especially as time is now running out. He says, I don't take those papers home with me. It just I just wouldn't be able to let it go. Hmm. Can you imagine? It's such, like, I mean, like, you're literally racing against time. That's the end of that article. You're literally racing against time um, trying to, like, these, these pieces of paper, lists, and, like, rosters, and, I mean, it's crazy, it's mind-blowing. I can't even imagine the painstaking work that it must take to try to get any of this done. Hmm. I feel like, I don't know. I like, maybe I'm just not getting the timeline. All right. What do you mean? It. Like, uh, World War II was over quite some time ago. Mm-hmm. Why are they, and they have all these documents? Did they not know where they were? Did they just recently discover them? Like, why have they not been convicting Nazis like all this time? Like, this is a long, you know, over 50 well, they years. have been, but I mean, they have been, but they haven't convicted them all. Like, that's I, I mean, I thought that was part of what it was saying was just that you know, there was sort of like a height of these prosecutions. Um, but that they've been dwindling down just because of right. the fact that the first you had to, you know, that the proof needed to be that you actually murdered somebody and they kind of took care of all those, the people that fell into that group as much as they could. And then there was sort of this um, murky kind of area. Yeah. This murky kind of lull until that one guy got actually per- uh, 
convicted just for being there and that sort of brought you know kind of re-energized the whole investigation so um so yeah so now it's like okay well if we can convict if we can bring charges just based on your you know if you were there then you're responsible right um then that changes the game like that means there's a lot more people that we're looking for now okay and that was only in 2011. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, so yeah. So, I mean, but um, it's kind of wild that like they're even, I mean, I just, when it talked about those, um, that basement with like tons of, I just imagine like boxes and boxes of random slips of Nightmare. Paper. Yeah. I mean, it's a nightmare. And the fact that they didn't digital didn't put it, make it digital at all, digitalize it because um, they figured, you know, it wasn't going to, this wasn't going to be going on much longer. That's also just crazy. Like the, I mean, because I'm also just thinking like, yeah, why not just digitalize it just for the sake of ease of they use? They had no historians on the team who would have automatically Clearly. been like, yes, let's digitize this. So then later we can kind of go through this at our leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be important. These papers are going to deteriorate. Like, you know, we need to put some things into um an action here organize these things so yeah clearly what they needed was a historian yes i'm just saying historians get the job done <laughs> historians get the job done no do it yeah oh my gosh so um so yeah so it's crazy but you know i'm not mad at one less nazi in the united states yeah get out of here dude I'll, scram i'll drink to that scram mm-hmm. Yes, as I said before, screw <laughs> Cares about your name? Nobody care about saying your name correctly. Forget you. Forget you. Yeah. Forget you. Forgot you. Never thought about. Never you. thought about you. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> like, ugh. Ugh. Nazis. Yeah. Nazi. No. Nasty. Yeah. Nasty Nazis. Okay. All right. Yeah. Two kind of bummer stories there, but okay. I will come in strong with the nonsense <laughs> this week. Yeah, it wasn't a total last one. Last one was a total bummer because I mean there's there's hope that they might catch these guys. That's why I put and it again, second. I there's... don't care. Like they're they've lived their lives. You know, you know. For them, I guess their personal hell, him being in Queens, surrounded by Jews, all the time. So. Oh my gosh, you that's so insane to me. Just like hiding He's like, in plain this sight. is the last place they would expect to find me. Right. <laughs> in Queens, New in York. Queens, New York. So oh my gosh. So yeah. Oh my god. Horrible. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on from Nazis to our viral vox this week. I'm um, listening. In the year our Lord of our Lord <laughs> twenty eighteen. Tevin Campbell is trending on Twitter. No. Yes. Can you believe it? I had to do this because I was like, I love Tevin Campbell. I love Tevin Campbell. So, okay. So, you know, with um, our queen of soul, Aretha, passing away Mm -hmm. um, last week, um, you know, Black people in particular, are as soon as she passed away, our main concern was 
who was going to be included in the tributes on all of yes. these award shows and stuff. Very important. So people were bandying about names. And so mm-hmm. Lovey, which she sometimes does, puts her awesomely Lovey, put her foot in her mouth and tried to kind of shade one of our 90s legends, um, Tevin Campbell. Mm-hmm. So she wrote, I think this is, yeah, Twitter. Someone suggested Tevin Campbell to sing at Aretha's tribute. Under what rock did they pull that name from? So I'm like, um... Wow, why the shade? Why the shade? So people, you know, the responses came from various people, and it came strong and fast. And like that one time (laughs) she had that little comment about African Americans, I don't Mm -hmm. think she was expecting um, the clapback in the way that it came especially I thought she you know she probably thought this was just some off you know off comment about Tevin Campbell has been whatever but mm-hmm. you know just like Brandy and some other 90s folks you know we still have some strong feelings people of a certain age mm-hmm. for these people and respect their talent so one person um, wrote Chris Consiglieri with the Prince you know the Prince uh, picture with the girl by uh-huh. That's the pick yes. she used. And then she went on and said, Tevin Campbell can sing better than 98% of your faves and do it effortlessly. Girl, bye. So nice. that was her. And then someone named Black Sweat said, if at Tevin Campbell is under a rock, then that's where all the good music went. And I've been looking <laughs> in the wrong places let me go find some rocks to turn over. Oh, Love that's good. Tevin Campbell. And, you know, just random folks, you know, weren't um, the only ones weighing in. There were some people with um, some blue check marks. Author Roxanne Gay um, said, shaking my head, if you don't know Tevin Campbell has the range dot, 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 and kind of um, responding also was one, Ava DuVernay. Oh, okay, come on. Yeah, Ava. so she put, um, she said, rebuking any Tevin Campbell slander from the millennials and plotting to write him into an episode of Queen Sugar somehow. <laughs> yes! On, yes! On general principle. And then yes. she has a little um, kind of like a screenshot from Queen Sugar uh, with one of the, she's like the aunt, I think Aunt Vi is her name. Yeah, aunt Vi. Yeah, and it says, we're from two different generations. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Yes, we are indeed. I love it. Yes. I love Ava DuVernay. Oh, I love her so much. So yeah, so that was like amazing. The clapbacks and like, don't come for Tevin Campbell. Yes, he Don't come around. for Tevin Campbell, yeah. Don't come for him. And um, so he's been, you know, interacting with fans. You know, after you know, getting all the support or whatever, so that's been nice to see. So good for him. Talk to oh, new music, good. and hopefully, apparently, like so on some streaming services. But you know, hopefully, this you know, like this kind of stuff does, like you know, kind of will translate into more mm-hmm. sales exposure, yeah, and exposure for him. And 
you know, this TV appearance on Queen Sugar <laughs> happens, like, you know, put some change in his pocket. That would be so awesome. Yeah. I love Tevin Campbell. Oh, I yeah. know, too. He's so good. Let me need to go sit down somewhere. I know, like, oh my gosh, I just think back, you know, he was Quincy Jones's like, little protege and prince when, you know, came out with Round and Round. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh, my favorite, though, was so random but from um boys in the hood um the um the, the ask me to you know he's like i'll oh, five thousand yeah. peace yes yes like, yes that song was so catchy you know? that was such a fun little song yeah you know i'm ready mm-hmm. like he has some classic see see um Millennials, this is what happens. People talking trash. Get up in the thing. Girl, it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. Yeah. Okay, yes. All of that. All of that. You know, sh- you know, S-H-H-H. I was like, it's shh. You know, I'm ready. You no, know, like classics that we all love. Love Tevin Campbell. So wishing him all good things. He's super talented. Yes. Hope this will be just like you know, a nice little nudge to help him just make some more coins and bring, you know, his talent to the new millennium. <laughs> oh my gosh, please bring back Tevin Campbell. I'm all yes. about that. I so, love it. Yeah. So, you know, just to go directly from that in 90s and good times to present day, mm-hmm. the VMAs. So, wait, tell me, the VMAs happened. Mm-hmm. this week and again I'm no longer in that demographic because I didn't <laughs> know the VMAs were coming on I just saw pictures on Facebook of people in outfits and I was like oh what's happening <laughs> and um, I was like oh the VMAs are on okay like I'm not watching them but I like to look right. at the clothes and you know everyone was half naked which of I was course. like of course of course, you're wearing a Leo leotard and some gauze or not gauze, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, I, okay, I took fashion classes. I know words of material. So what is wrong with me? <laughs> oh, my God. Like a little tool, a little lace over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're, that's what you consider, you know, MTV dresses, you know, dressing um, now wardrobe. And I was just like, oh, this is horrible. And I think. They didn't have official hosts, but Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart were somewhere out yelling each other. Oh um, God, it sounds horrible. Cardi B made her first baby, you know, post baby culture appearance on a red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she kind of opened the show with, you know, she didn't perform, but like, um, whatever. Nicki Minaj performed, whatever, and a whole bunch of other people. I don't have any idea who they are. Mm-hmm. So that was that, you know, again, clothes like way, you know, over my, I, was, I just can't. And Madonna doing some weird talking. And so she came, apparently people were upset about her quote unquote tribute to Aretha Franklin. And they should have known since they did that horrible Prince tribute with her. With her, you know, it was awful. When he passed away. So I'm like, they should have known better. But of course, this is MTV. They do not. You know, she died a couple of days, I guess, before. Um, a few days, actually, before the show um, aired. And so, you know, they you know didn't have anything together. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's the VMAs. I don't want you to have anything together. No, I want you don't. Just let it lie. Let it 
lie. Just let it lie. And so she was doing, I think, video of the year, and they told her to just say it, provide an anecdote about Aretha Franklin. And so that's what she said she did. Like, it wasn't a tribute. It was just they told her to tell an anecdote before she, because she's probably only, you know, old enough to actually know Aretha Franklin. I don't know. I I guess. Mm, You're the biggest person there. They could have just let it lie. Just do like a. Like, we can't not mention Aretha Franklin well, at a music. Well, do like a little in memoriam. Like you can throw together a splice together. It's the Video Music Awards, right? So splice yes. together some video. I could splice together a video right now. A quick montage. Apple, yes. my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. A that... quick montage. A moment mm. of silence. Her, you know, birth year, birth date and fade to black and go to commercial. That's all you needed to do. Okay, so all you out there, um, Andrea is now a <laughs> producer of award shows and three, two cut. Yep. Cue the music. Cue okay, the music. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah, so just so you, you know, in case you didn't know, thank uh-huh. you, Andrea. Higher. Uh-huh. So yeah, so that, yeah, and then Nicki Minaj <laughs> So, you know, there are certain people I just don't talk about because, one, I just don't care about them. I never understood Nicki Minaj and her appeal and how she was able to reign for all these years being what I find, like, I don't get that. It's just mediocre to me. Uh And so um, she's having, you know, she's been having a very hard time, you know, with the emergence of Cardi B and other um, you know, Remy Ma and um, Young M.A. and other like ra- women in rap kind of you know, getting more of the attention because like basically it was just her for a long while and now there are other people making strides or whatever and she's just having a hard time with it and there's been um, Twitter rants and interviews and I just want someone to take her social media her phone away from her because she needs to stop because she's looking crazy so it's been so like she's just like throwing month. a tantrum yes 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 throwing tantrums on social media oh that's never a good look and the last one happened like right before because you know her new album queen came out because she's the queen you let y'all know mm. came out this past um week i guess and there was you know a lot of discussion about that because you know she does like real petty things like if someone says something bad about her she'll tweet out to her like fans her fans they call them the she calls them barbs to tweet out to her barbs um like barbs yeah like because she's like a they're like barbie dolls or whatever so she calls them the barbs and so they um tells them to go out and like get them so these people because like her fans are like basically teenagers like, go out and, like, harass people. Wait, so, Nicki Minaj still has teenage fans? Yes, because Nicki Minaj has gotten older, but apparently her music is still, like, like super bass. Like, that is, like, a song that, like, little kids like. You right. know what I mean? And, like, her music is very, like, poppy to me. So it appeals to, like, little kids or like a younger audience right, it's I not like right. she's gotten older her music is still like the, the same, same. Mm-hmm. yeah so um so she's you know ranting on about that some stuff with her ex-boyfriend and this week it's been 
Um, she pushed back her album. Apparently, she says because she couldn't get clearance, she wanted to um, sample a Tracy Chapman song, I think Fast Car or something, and Tracy um, Chapman wouldn't clear <laughs> the sample. Right. Thank and you, Tracy. She, yeah, Thank and you, she Tracy. told it to her fans. So her fans have been harassing Tracy Chapman. I'm Leave like, Tracy Chapman alone. She out there just trying to live her life. You know, ah, she is ah, in a little bungalow somewhere. Chilling. Like in the backyard in a hammock. I oh imagine her gosh, smoking weed. Some, yeah. Smoking weed <laughs> and drinking some kind of organic like kombucha or something. Yes. And With like, her white, he probably has a white boyfriend, like a white, like, um, uh, you know, millennial type hipster yes. boyfriend. Whatever her deal is, yes. And like, yeah, just somewhere out, like not thinking about fast car and just living <laughs> her life. And Nicki Minaj, no, thank you. Um, I'm good with all of my money I have in my simple. You know, she might live in like a tiny house. Who knows? Or you know, maybe she, should have, she might have like a big estate that you know, is kind of like humble. Who knows? Like, I feel like it's kind of like the Lenny Kravitz thing where he has like that little like shack in the Bahamas. But then he has this right. palatial like Parisian apartment that's like in all of the like architectural like <laughs> design magazines. So I feel like she might like, do either or. Like, I feel like know. she could do either or. But I feel like her personality was so sort of so like simple. introverted and simple yeah. that like she probably took all her little money and invested in like a really nice chill little spot and that's yeah. where she's it's paid for <laughs> yeah she that's where she's been that's where she's been since you know that time and she ain't thinking about Nicki Minaj clearing her music that she's you know probably wrote and you know have like a deep connection with is like you're not gonna put this in some song that you're gonna talk about your butt and right and twerk too twerking and the n-word that's not happening so apparently she <laughs> never cleared uh, the sample and nikki had to push her album back and all this kind of stuff so you know there's also been talk that the reason why nikki pushed the album back was because um what was it what was the reason Oh, because she hasn't, I don't think she's ever debuted at number one because Mm -hmm. her music would always come out when someone else's music would come out. So she pushed it back so hers wouldn't come out when, um, gosh, who was the person? I can't remember. Some person who's pretty big artist Mm -hmm. before, you know, the same week that their album came out. I think maybe Drake. I think she didn't want to come out the same time as Drake. Um, And then, um, um, who was it? Like Kanye and the Carters, you know, different people have, you know, you know, they had albums coming out in the summer. She didn't want to compete with them and Kanye's album, and, you know, and all that stuff. So she waited, thinking, I, you know, she was going to be number one by holding the album, and she still ended up number two. So she was literally ranting and raving oh, about Lord. being number two and how Spotify it was their fault and um. Wow. Travis Scott, like the way they're counting it was wrong. And Travis Scott is um Kylie Jenner's baby daddy, her boyfriend. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And so how complained about how Kylie was promoting his music to her people. And I was like, why wouldn't she? That's her baby daddy. 
Right. And what that of course she's and I was like, and she's a Kardashian Jenner. Like that's what they do. So what is your problem? So yeah, and so she feels like she's being persecuted. She called herself Harriet Tubman. No, um, no. Yeah, so she's just yeah, mm. like I she's just done a whole lot of things. I just think she needs um to sit down somewhere. She does. Like Charlemagne named her dunk the other day, one day this week, and basically said like she was like one of my favorite movies, which is so like Talladega Nights, um, Ricky Bobby, where you know he's like, if you ain't mm-hmm. first, you last. <laughs> he's like, this is not that. You can be second, and that is awesome. You, you know, that is not a real thing. Like that is my favorite part of that movie where the guy was like son yes. no you could be second you could be third <laughs> hey you could even be fourth those are all good <laughs> she's like if you ain't first you last so Nikki's also if you ain't first you last she's being persecuted I love when we exploit you know she complained about him doing things that she does and like um, selling merchandise with the album to kind of boost sales and so, like, girl, take that L and oh, put it out somewhere. Because, like, that's not an L. Number two is It's good. not an L. It's just fine. It's, it's great. Just, it's fine. And apparently she's supposed to go on tour, but they, you know, canceled the tour. She's like, it's not canceled. The U.S. dates were supposed to start, I think, in a couple of months. And they changed it and moved it behind mm-hmm. the um, European tour. Mm-hmm. She's going on tour with Future. And um, they were saying, she was saying, you know, because the album was pushed back, she didn't have as much time to rehearse. It's not canceled. It's just rearranged. She's putting it on the back of the tour shield so she'll have time to properly rehearse for the, you know, the show. Um, But someone from Billboard wrote an article, which, again, she told her barbs to attack him for, um, saying that her sales were, like, mediocre so she had these twenty thousand dollars twenty thousand twenty thousand seat stadiums or whatever her and future uh-huh. and they're like some of the um like they'd only sold like thirteen hundred four thousand or whatever in certain areas so she was kind of forced to postpone it because they just sure. weren't selling well and so billboard was like there it was going to be the worst performing tour if anybody's had you know this year so and she was like lies so there's a whole lot <laughs> Oh Lord! So, yeah, yeah she Tubman. needs to cut it out. Not yeah, Harriet Tubman. I, I still can't. No, no, ma'am. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I just said some of the stuff she said because I'm just not. I just can't. So that was condensed all of my Nicki Minaj mess because there's that's just enough, so much yeah. more. Yeah, and I was like, I can't. She's just been doing something like every week for like the last couple of months, and it's just too much. So, yeah, girl. Bananas. I know you're getting ready for your tour, but like, go go to a spa, go go relax somewhere, chill. Mm. It's stop. gonna be okay. Stop. Just stop. Wow. Yeah, I have way too much. Okay. Oh Lord. I was like, okay, I have too many things, so I'm just gonna speed it up. That Nicki Minaj piece did not mean to go on that long. Um, a quick blurb in the blurb long. So, yay, Simone Biles. Um, yes champion won mm-hmm. her fifth title at the u.s gymnastics championships mm-hmm. on this past sunday and she swept all four of the event titles even her worst event 
which is the uneven bars. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty unheard of um, because, you know, gymnasts need a combination of, you know, all those qualities, of course, but each event requires, you know, a different set of strengths. And so to be able mm-hmm. to, it's rare for a gymnast to be able to perform at such a high level in all of those areas to be a medal contender in every event like she mm-hmm. is. And so the last time a woman has done that at the titles was my contemporary, our contemporary, Dominique Dawes in 1994. Oh, I love Dominique Dawes. Mm-hmm. So cute. Love her. So, yeah, so that's how long, another black woman. So that's how long that's happened. Yes. So congratulations to Simone hey, Biles. Black girl magic. Black girl magic. She is so adorable. I love, She's I follow so cute. her on Instagram. Her, yeah. oh my God, her little boyfriend. Have you seen them? Who's the boyfriend? Uh, Stacy Irvin. He's a gymnast too. Oh, okay. Cute. And they are just adorable. Uh, but my little pessimistic heart, I was like, oh my God, when they break up, she's going to be so devastated. Uh, but at least she knows he's someone that understands, you know, her lifestyle and the competition mm-hmm. and the practice because he's, you know, a gymnast as well. I think he's been right. to the Olympics as well. Um, okay, so the world championships are in Qatar in a couple of months, so hopefully she will be able to do um, the same, although she's going to have some competition from, you know, the Chinese and Russians. <laughs> Dang those Chinese and Russians. <laughs> so Always doing something. I know. Always in a way of our success. Always in our way of our progress. Com- Commies. Always. Always the Russians <laughs> and the Chinese and the Americans. Okay, mm-hmm. so next one is our one of our phase and one of the wait tell me everything phase. Kenya Barris. Yes, we love Kenya Barris. We he just keeps coming up. What did he do now? Um, well, big things. He he did something today too. They released something, and I was like, okay, I can't because I'm just gonna talk about this. So he um was the latest. He's has is, wow. Um, I know the latest creator to sign a deal with Netflix. So oh, he good for this, him. Yeah, three year deal with Netflix. Um, an option for an additional two years. Uh, the deal's valued at roughly a hundred million dollars, and he will be consisting. Uh, uh, it will he will be producing rather series exclusively for Netflix. Um, this is coming on the heels of him officially um, parting from ABC last month. Um, mm. You know, there's the issue of um, them, the network shelving his episode um, that he wrote and directed for Blackish that talked about um, kneeling during the national anthem. And so, mm. and I was like, of all the things that they show, like, because Blackish, you know, has some very controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised that they, yeah, because they've tackled a lot of yes difficult mm-hmm. um, conversation type, yeah, and, yeah. But I think this one just hits them, you know. ABC, there do they? Who has the NFL um, rights? Now? I thought it was CBS right now. Okay, so yeah, I'm thinking they're probably thinking about that maybe later. I don't know what they're thinking. But, yeah, they showed his episode, and so that kind of led to the riff. So he's no longer going to be um, a showrunner on the show, but he'll still mm. be executive producer of Blackish as well as Grownish. So Okay. Wow. So, yeah, so way to bounce back strong. And way to bounce shows back. are amazing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. 
Okay, and the last thing is like a little. I think this is the last thing. Yeah, this is the last thing. Girl, you got a lot today. I know, and they're not like I didn't mean for the VMA and what to call. I just started talking and just couldn't stop. See, this is why people don't listen. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> this is why this is you're the problem. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. <laughs> okay, so if you even know who these people are, so this is one where you you might not know who you are. I think you do. So. It's official. Nick Jonas and mm-hmm. Priyanka Chopra have anna- confirmed and announced their engagement. Okay, I know who Nick Jonas is. Okay, of the Jonas Brothers. Yes. Priyanka Chopra. We kinda, Chopra. Yeah, is um, the lead of Quantico. The Indian lady. Oh, I do know who she is. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know her name. You don't okay. know her name. And who is very good friends with cousin Megan and attended the wedding. Yes, I remember her being at the wedding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations yeah. to the lovely couple. Yeah, so there's been a lot of rumor and speculation about their relationship. Um, they were first kind of spied together at the Met Gala um, in May. Um, mm-hmm. What followed then was a series of, you know, very L.A. dates, Hollywood Bowl and the Dodger games. They were spotted. Mm-hmm. Um, some flirty Instagram comments and family events, weddings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this week they announced their engagement. Um, and a, a release, you know, they both had the um, like same picture from their engagement um, party um, in, du- in not Dubai, in Mumbai. And they uh, like not <laughs> it's a very different place. Yeah. Very, very different places. And they released some photos of the traditional Hindu engagement ceremony that they had. And so all of their parents were there and they had like pictures of their parents and family and it was just really pretty. So yeah, because when they first kind of you know announced that they were kind of dating, people were like, No, she's way too old for him and like whatever. So how how are they? Is there a big age difference? I want to say at least six years, if not more. I, it might be more like ten. I can't remember. Hmm. Yeah, because she's in her thirties and he's like in her mid to late thirties, and he's. I think she's in her mid thirties, and he's like in his mid twenties, maybe. Really? Yeah. I thought like Jonas was older than that. I. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that she's decidedly older than him. I'll have okay. to look that up. Hmm. And I'll, you know, correct that later. But because, no. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so that's kind of that. So congratulations to them. Congratulations. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That is it. Are you done? I am finally done. Yammering on. A lot more stuff has happened, <laughs> but everyone doesn't need to know everything. Go get on Facebook. Go to social media. You'll find out what's going on. I Not mean, you really did cover everything. <laughs> All genres. Yeah. Yeah. I did it today. I'm so tired. I'm literally laying on my back. Okay, yes, he's 25 and she's 36. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a big difference. Because mm-hmm. I forget, like, he's, he's the, is he the youngest one? I think he's the youngest brother. Oh, that I have no idea. I don't know anything yeah, about the brothers. Kevin is the oldest. 
um, Joe is the one in the middle. Joe's the cute one. Nick is cute too, but Joe's like the hot one. And then um, Nick. So yeah, I think Nick is like the youngest like of the Jonas brothers. I think they might have some younger siblings that weren't like, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the group. But um, yeah, the oldest brother is like married with a bunch of kids. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, Nick is a youngin. But yeah. And I was like, go ahead. So yeah, her show got canceled. So, you know, she well, has, she's got nothing but time. She has time. You're probably just going to pop out some babies. But, you there know. you go. There you go. Oh my god. Very yeah. good for them. Yeah. It's beautiful. Two beautiful people get together, you know. What a glorious time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Okay. What's going on in your week? Um, let's see. Not a whole lot. Um mm-hmm. last weekend, I uh last Friday I went to I, uh, to the movies and finally saw um, Black Klansman, the latest mm-hmm. Spike Lee joint, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I mm. own, I love Spike Lee, and I you know I love all his like old school stuff, but I feel like in between he's made some not great films, mm-hmm. um, and or just very like hit and miss, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went you know, with a little bit of like fear and trepidation, like hoping mm-hmm. it would be good, but, and I'd heard good things. So I was, I was more hopeful than not, but still, um, and it was really, really good. It's a really good film. It's um, mm-hmm. based on a true story, apparently. Um, yeah. They've been, they've had like some interviews with the actual guy. It's fascinating. Recently. So the, um, the whole backstory of this, um, this uh, black guy um, in uh, Colorado um, who um, goes undercover um, and um, with uh, with like other other undercover officers to infiltrate the local KKK chapter. So it's crazy. Like the premise is crazy. It's crazy that it's based on a true story, and um, it's really well done. It's like funny and. There's good action. You know, part of what made me kind of really happy about it was that it was, it was like Spike Lee, like doing what he does well. And mm-hmm. also you could kind of see his kind of directorial maturity, um, which was just mm-hmm. kind of fun. Like it was kind of nice to see like Spike like grow a little bit and like, you know, like kind of where he, his editorial hand, like, you know, holding back on some things and not, you know, like, Um, it was nuanced and it was good. So if you haven't seen Black Klansman, see it. It's very good. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And, um, what else is going on? Um, oh, um, I finally have, um, got everything for my car, like my license plates had come and I went to AAA and I switched, you know, I have my own personalized plates. So I transferred Mm -hmm. the um, I returned the plates that they were issued with to the DMV or, or to mm-hmm. the AAA, you know, and I um, had my personalized plates assigned to this car. And mm-hmm. um, I have got all my decals on the back window and my Perfect. license plate frame. Like everything is like 
in order in order so it is like i feels very much like i've officially put my stamp on the card officially um yes and then um so that's all good and i'm just enjoying my new ride lovely 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 so lovely and then um that's it and then my sister reminded me the other day that our first concert in our three concert series in the next few months is coming up in september and who is it the first one will be the eagles at the Mm. forum yes so i'm super excited about this um again it's our (laughs) i am calling this i don't i think i don't know if i've told you this already but i'm calling this our see them before they die tour it seems like you guys always go to see like classic <laughs> rock acts, like or you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I mean it's, like, it's, it's kind of a continuation like Paul we, with Paul McCartney. Yeah, and somebody else too. Who was the other? We did Hall and Oates. Yeah, so it's not like you guys are going to see Beyonce. Like you're right. Always, like, <laughs> this is true. We did go. Classic. We took we took Jenna to see um, One One Direction. That was like our youngest uh, audience. And that was really not for you guys. No, but we were there. I mean, we yeah, we had to count li- it. We had to live through to it. Listen to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but no, we. Um, it's definitely kind of like it is basically a theme. But this one just feels like it's very because it's it's the yeah, eagles. The, the eagles, come on. Yeah. Plus, you know, the, and I mean, we're already catching them one man down because Glenn Fry, you know, died last yeah. year, um, which is. Um, so just sad um but what's really touching is that um his son is filling in for him he's the they've filled his space with his son his son looks like him and his son sounds Sounds like him like Like it's like eerie how much i love when they do that yeah yeah so it's so it's like such a touching beautiful tribute kind of a thing so um so yeah so it'll be um uh, you know, ninety-five percent the original Eagles, and then Glenn Frey's son in his in his place, which is lovely. So I'm looking forward to that. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, so that's something that I'm just kind of like awesome. stoked about. That's going to be fun, and um, that's really it. Um, okay. I I um made myself a note to uh, hold you accountable to your. Yeah. Uh, work from last week so how did you do yes so you did and you know what she's awesome because she like actually texted me on that day and then I was like yeah no it's actually not happening Mm -hmm. but the day before part of the reason why it wasn't happening because I was like laid up in the bed so the day before um me and the fellow went to the Piedmont Arts Festival, mm-hmm. and it was great. And we decided to take the train because traffic over there in Midtown and at the park is crazy expensive and crazy to get in and out mm-hmm. of. Usually you have to park, like, so far away, or mm-hmm. you have to park at the Botanical Gardens. Or you, you know, it's a huge walk. And I was like, if we're going to do all this walking, we're going to walk anyway. Let's just take the train. It's, you know, easy. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of a walk from the Midtown Station to the park. And then we, you know, walked a lot and kind of like, you know, we stopped, you know, looked at some of the art. But it was kind of like walking at a pretty, you know, 
quick pace or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so we ended up walking about three miles. Nice. And to the point he was like, oh, my God, I need you to, like, push me. Like, I need to be in something and have you push me. <laughs> and I was like, should we get you a motorized? I was like, I'm never pushing you. Um, a motorized, like, wheelchair? Like, the next time we, like, go to the park? Wow. Like, there's always something. Um, so, yeah, but there was, like, you know, uphills and down and all around. So there was a lot of walking, and I was a little sore because... I was Kristen and didn't wear sensible shoes. I wore ballet flats. Of course. And so my legs were hurting the next day. So I was like, one, I actually got my steps in mm-hmm. and I hurt. So wow. I'm going to work from home and I'm not going over in that direction. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. like the church is by my office so I was mm-hmm. like, it would have been easy you know leaving work but I was like I'm not going to work I'm not going over there I'm staying in the bed and that's what's happening today so I did not and another the other day is um Thursday so that would interfere with this so ah, um yes. so that's why you're like do it another day I was like okay I did it yesterday and another day will not work so uh, but I thought of the, the other flyer day. said they have something on Wednesdays. That's just not a class. It's just the gym is open. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, like, what, if they have, like, equipment or anything, or if it's, like, I don't know. I don't know if it, it was free gym. Because one thing was, like, they have free gym for kids. Mm-hmm. And then something else, I remember the last time I went to church a couple weeks ago. I, think it, I didn't go last week. It was the week before, I think. They said that they were going to open some more time for adults, but I don't know if they have like gym equipment or because the classes are just like bring your yoga mat and we're going to do cardio or we're going to do like, med- you know, meditation and stretching, that course kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I just need to find out some more okay. information because they're still trying to get more teachers to teach more classes. That's what they're, that was also on the flyer that like they're trying to get more. Um, teachers so yeah but oh my god I was super traumatized I think I already shared with you what happened Hmm. Um, after we left this super peaceful day at the art festival Mm -hmm. we get back on the Marta station and apparently you know I heard a commotion didn't want to kind of check into it I was like let's wait and see what's happening I hear screaming and running and like let's just wait a little bit and so we waited went in went the other way from where the commotion was going. I saw a guy getting handcuffed and taken into like the little um, station at the um, the train station, the little um, office of the train station. Mm-hmm. And when as we we're going down the stairs, um, someone was like, you can't go down there. We're like, what happened? He's like, someone's gotten hit by the train. Oh, so, no. Yeah. So train versus a uh, ped. Huh? Train versus pedestrian. Yeah, so apparently a guy, the guy that we saw going into the office pushed a woman in front <gasps> on the onto the tracks. Oh, homicide. And, and then no, no, no. No. So, pushed the woman onto the tracks. Um someone went to try to help her and they both got hit by the train. <gasps> So when the eyewitnesses told us as we were going down the stairs and they were telling us, no, 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 go back up. Like her bone was one of them. Their bone was coming out of her leg. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and so oddly enough, you know, that stopped service on the Mar for a while, as it, you know, as of course it does. And I, you know, kept following up with it, you know, the story because like that was just so crazy. We were so close to like, you know, seeing that. I can't believe something like that happened. Like a lot of people would ride the train. It's like a fear because you know you have sometimes like vagrants or mm-hmm. people arguing, and like that's always a fear because it's like right there. So God is so good. They did not die. <gasps> really? They're just maimed. Yeah, one person, one, it was found out it was a mother and daughter. And, oh, wow. one, and I don't know which, which, which was which, but they, one was released the next day and the other was still like, you know, in critical di- condition, but they were both expected to survive. Um, they uh-huh. said that other people went down to try to help them before the train came in. So the train was trying to stop because mm. they saw, I guess we saw the commotion, but they just couldn't stop short so I don't think sure. it, it hit them at full force Sure. so I, you know that was probably the only reason that they um, survived but it was just chaos at the station chaos you know, people, indeed Yeah, people just trying to figure out you know what was going on and telling other people like you know what happened and like you know sharing the story and you know we just you know I was like you know we got out of there uh, fairly quickly. We just Ubered <laughs> back to sure. our car. But um, yeah, it was, I was like, that was just such a weird kind of surreal thing. Like, you just kind of don't know what to do. You're just like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. But then like, okay, we need to leave like, <laughs> to like, how mm-hmm. are we going to leave? Like, you know, but yeah, but it took a while to kind of like, get going people are just kind of like just people are just staying around in shock for like oh i bet a yeah, long it's... long time and it was just really hard because um when we walked out we finally decided okay like, hey, let's just call it uber and you know like figure out what to do sure um there are kids like crying because the like, kids saw it because like it's a it was a um atlanta united game day so okay. there are lots of families, you know, a lot of families on the train, especially Midtown or whatever. So there are a lot of kids around and a lot oh, of kids tough. who saw it and like were clearly traumatized and, you know, crying and whatnot. Mm. So that was just hard. So I was just like, oh, those poor parents, you know, those children, you know, to have seen that and, you know, witnessed that. It was just awful. So that was like so sad. Yeah, so sad. And I was just like, oh, my God. It was crazy. So it was like, in, yeah. And yeah, it was crazy. So that was kind of that. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on a totally different note, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Um, the, tomorrow? Bron- the Bronze Lens Film Festival is in Atlanta. And my dear friend, um, Hans, what his movie uh, that he served as a producer is in the festival. And what is the name of the movie? One Angry Black Man. Okay. And so um, a bunch of us are going to support, you know, at the screening. So it'll be good to see that and, yeah, see, like, the fruits of his labor and all of his hard work and very excited. And his, um, the writer and director as well, Menelik. So proud of them and good job. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be fun times. Very good. And yeah. this is your friend Hans, uh, who is makes me 
one degree away from Ava DuVernay? Okay, so yes. And yes, because <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, how does a friend I met in college? And, you know, just like he, like, you know, is in the industry. So he'd come to LA a lot. And when he come to LA, we'd try to like get together, have dinner or whatever. And so I'd always tell, you know, like, oh, me and Hans went, you know, had drinks or we did this. And Andre's like, okay, you talk, you know, you went out with this Hans. Who is this person? And I'll talk about, it, like, oh, he did this or he's doing this, he's filming this, you know, he's worked with Ava and this and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay, the next time he's in town, I'm going. I'm coming, yeah. I'm coming. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right. And so you and Morgan came, and we had, like, a fun time. She it was started. so fun. He's and fun. Yeah, he's always a good time. And then I got to meet his wife this summer. Yeah, so you were out here during our college reunion, and his wife came out. So, yeah, you've met the, the Charles clan, like, mm-hmm. the adults. Or at least the adults, yeah. The adults. And so, yeah, so they're, like, the coolest couple that I know. <laughs> like, they're so They fun. are so very cool. cool. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, so that's, like, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, you, you're you're hilarious, yeah. So she says that because he knows, of course, all these people. And so she's, like, now I am one degree away from Ava DuVernay. One degree of separation. Yeah, I so said, you surely are. And if the I whole was- time we were at dinner, I was, like, I bet he could just, like, pick up his phone and call Ava right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he, he knows her. Yeah, so. <laughs> I was like, I bet he could do it. Oh, and he came, when he came to us, remember he had just been with Common. That time, too? That time, yeah. He was like, oh, uh, yeah. uh, whatever, you know, we were over there with Common. I was like, I'm sorry, wait, I have to. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to, this is weird. I know we just met. I'm just going to put my hand on your shoulder. Because you still have common dust on you. And now I have common dust on me. That is funny. I still yeah. feel like my favorite, because I, I know like, because yeah, they, I think they're working with him on something and him and Melik um, had gone to a meeting with him and they had come back and we had went out, we had all went out to dinner and Menelik, I always get on him about his attire. Mm-hmm. And as usual, like, I can't wait to see what he's wearing tomorrow. Like, it always sounds weird because I was, you know, messaging him about something about, um, I think when the trailer came out, he had sent it to me and some other stuff. And he, they were at the, the, the film festival in Philadelphia. And I was like, what are you wearing? I was like, that could sound really strange. Right. Uh, and so, but I was like, no, I'm just very concerned about, like, what are you wearing when you're out there in the world? But yeah, like, so they had come from this meeting and he was wearing like, just, I, I don't know. And like, you know, Hans is just like very meticulous and dressed, like a very good dresser. Mm-hmm. And they're like the odd couple. They and are. I, and I was like, cause yeah, cause you know me like, and so I was like, oh, well you've met him, you know, you've met him several times. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my God, how dare you? How dare you meet him looking the way that you look? How dare you, sir? So, yeah. So, anyway, not to go on that. Like, our goal is to so, at some point have them on the show or be on their sh- their podcast. So, like, <laughs> yes, for them to come to us and for us to go to them. Yes. So, a little bit of both. Yes. So, yeah. So, I'm excited for them and can't wait. Like, we. Apparently, could only have like girls' outings. All of my friends 
unless it's a movie. I think the last time I went out was Black Panther, but there were husbands there mm-hmm. um, as well. And then before that was like last year when we went to go see Girls Trip, like for Girls Night. So it's been a while. I was like, but we can only go see movies. Is that like <laughs> what right? But yeah, so we're excited about that. So. Yay, can't wait. I have to work, but then I am cutting off my work day at a certain time so that I can go have fun with my friends. That sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. So good. Yes. And so because of that, I have to get up really early and do some work. <laughs> that I'm is pretty terrific. good about getting up at 7.30 and like immediately like you know, getting to work like you've been like get fifteen minutes after I wake up. So wow. that's yeah. wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I've been like, I have so much to do. Let me just go on and just take one thing at a time. So wow. that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And it still seems like a never ending list of what the thing that I put on Facebook and Instagram. The freaking never ending to do list. That's what I feel like it, mm. it is. But Again, that is not a complaint. I'm very happy about it. There you go. <laughs> not co- still not complaining. I am still not complaining about being busy. I'm still trying to be busier because that means dinero. <laughs> money, money, money. Money, 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 money. Money, so, yeah, money. Showing the house in the morning. Oh, oh yeah. very good. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All righty, girl. All right. Um, okay, well, I guess that's that is literally everything. Oh my god, we've what are we going to talk about next week? Because we literally uh, said it all. Something else is going to have to happen in the world. Oh my god, a lot of things. Well, apparently, if our you know the whole you know White House people are being indicted and all that <sighs> kind of stuff, and the president said today if he's impeached, you know we're all going to be very poor. <laughs> is that what he said? He did. He's like, if I'm in preach, in preach, it's not going to be good for you guys. Everyone's going to be very poor. Hello. Okay, so we're just going to wrap it up then. Yep. Let's wrap this baby on up. <laughs> <laughs> like a little gift. Like a cute little package. Like a pretty little present with a super sweet bow on top. Yeah, like if you've watched Love Actually, like that wrapping package that Mr. Bean did, like with a cinnamon stick and a oh sprig my God. of holly. <laughs> and a dusting of a snow dusting on top. Of, yes, all of that. That's how we're wrapping it up. <laughs> it's so pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's our gift to you. Because you deserve it. You too. You deserve this. <laughs> you might even deserve better, but this is what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I don't know if I deserve this. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. <laughs> you deserve this <sighs> what you're going to get. <laughs> this is what we've got for you, but it sure this is pretty. This is all we have. And please know we'll, we we've given not our best, but a lot. <laughs> okay, that's even too much. 
<laughs> Even that's an overstatement. That's an that's overstatement. Uh, Our best. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> a lot. I said a lot. We've given a lot. Okay. Yeah, no, still no. Not a mm-hmm. lot. Okay. We've given you just enough. All right. Do our very best after a full work day. After a full work day. And I think that's nearly a, nice a full work week. Yeah. I mean, you get us on. I text somebody. I was like, happy um, pre Friday. There you go. You get us on little Friday. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the best for. This, is the this day. This day. Yeah. Mm, there you go. There it is. There, there, there we it go. is. Yeah, there yeah. it is. All right. It just took us five minutes to come up with. That's it. That's all. No worries. That's why this is not a lot of the, the best. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right, girl. Get off my phone. Okay. In the words of uh, Tevin Campbell, Audi 5,000. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wait Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash wait tell me everything. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out and get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at wait tell me pod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at wait tell me everything at gmail.com. <laughs>